Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. I want to invite you to stay updated with me on social media and see what we are doing in the ministry. You can follow me on Facebook at John Wallace. You can follow me on Instagram at Jonathan R. Wallace. And you can follow our YouTube page at New Beginnings Huntington. I pray this message builds your faith and gives you revelation. Let's get ready for the Word of God. Amen. So 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11. If you remember, we begin to break down um, how the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12, it says here, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the Spirit is the source of them all. That's in verse 4. So the Spirit is the source of the gifts. Verse 5, it says... There are different kinds of service. The King James uses the word administrations, but it is the same Lord. Say Lord. Lord. The Lord is Jesus. This is a picture of the Trinity. So Jesus is the source of the administrations. And then verse, let's see here, verse 6, God works in different ways. Uh, The King James uses the word operations. Say operations. But it is the same God who does the work in all of us. So the Father, God, is in charge of the operations. Basically, that means that God purposes you, Jesus appoints you, and the Holy Ghost anoints you. Amen. And so, the Holy Ghost anoints you to do what you've been appointed to do. So we begin to talk about the gift, the favor, the grace. And so I love the Bible. It actually gives us specific things, specific gifts, grace, favor, callings, abilities that the Spirit gives. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, now dear brothers and sisters, regarding your questions about the special abilities the Spirit gives, I don't want you to misunderstand this. Uh, Another translation says, I will that you would not be ignorant. So he doesn't want us ignorant of the gifts and manifestations of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So tonight we're going to break down, we're going to begin this journey of breaking down each gift. So if you continue to read in verse 7, I'll read it in the NLT and then I'll go back and I'm going to break it down in the New King James. I like the way it says it. It says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. If you have your Bible, I want you to highlight these little parts. Wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit, verse 9, gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts, and He alone decides which gift each person should have. Say, He alone. alone. Who determines the gifts? The Holy Ghost. Amen. Now we're going to answer some questions, not tonight, but what I want to do is break down all the gifts and then we're going to answer probably every question anybody's ever had about the the gifts of the Spirit. We're going to take at least one whole service and I'm just going to preach over the common questions about the gifts of the Spirit, like can a Christian operate in all the gifts of the Spirit? Well, stay tuned 
We're going to answer those questions according to the scripture. Amen. But not tonight. Tonight we're just going to begin to break down the gifts. So I want to read that same passage, uh, verses 7 through 11. And I'm going to read it in the New King James. It says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom. Say wisdom. The word of wisdom. If you don't have that highlighted, underline that in your Bible through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge. Highlight that. Word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith. Say faith. By the same spirit, to another, gifts of healings by the same spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. And to another, interpretation of tongues. But one in the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So... If you ever study anything theologically, this passage is what contains what's known as the nine gifts of the Spirit. Write that down in your notes. The nine gifts of the Spirit. Which actually, I disagree with that. Uh, Because whenever I really study the New Testament, I see that there's at least 14 to 19 different gifts of the Spirit. If you add in Romans chapter 12 and Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, especially in Romans chapter 12, and don't worry, we're going to break these down, but it talks about the gifts, special abilities that the Spirit gives, and it goes on to talk about encouragement and leadership and teaching, and it actually, you know, they're equal gifts just like these are. They're abilities that the Spirit gives. And so a lot of people teach the nine gifts of the Spirit, but I really believe that the Bible certainly teaches 14 gifts of the Spirit, And then in Ephesians chapter 4, it says these are the gifts that Christ gave the church. And so they could be technically classified, Ephesians 4.11, as gifts, but it's actually the appointment. It's the fivefold ministry. It's not necessarily the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's being appointed by Jesus Christ as a prophet, as a pastor, evangelist, teacher, uh, apostle. And then the gift, you know, comes to in manifestation alongside that appointment. So there's at least 14 to 19 gifts that you could say mentioned in the New Testament. But if you ever hear any kind of teaching about the nine gifts of the Spirit, this is where they pull that from directly from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So these nine different gifts, uh, they're broken down into three different categories. I'm going to give you these three categories. Three categories of gifts in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Number one, this will help us to understand and teach these gifts. Number one, you have the revelation gifts or inspiration gifts. The revelation gifts or inspiration gifts. What gifts fall underneath the revelation gifts? You have the word of wisdom. You have words of knowledge. And you have discerning of spirits. So again, out of that section, 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11, there was nine different gifts mentioned. You can break those nine gifts into three different categories. The first category is the revelation gifts or inspiration gifts. Say revelation. That means these gifts work through a revelation and knowing, a seeing and understanding, and we'll talk about that. But again, those are the words of wisdom. Say words of wisdom. Words of knowledge, say words of knowledge. Discerning of spirits, say discerning of spirits. The second category in this passage is number two, the vocal gifts. 
The vocal gifts, they consist of prophecy, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues. Number three, you have the power gifts. Say power gifts. These gifts are, this category contains the gift of the gift of healing, the gift of faith, and the working of miracles. Amen. So tonight, I'm going to break down and just take a little bit of time and, and, and go over each one of the, we're going to start with the revelation gifts or the inspiration gifts. So the revelation gifts, number one, the word of Wisdom. What is this gift? What does the Bible mean when it talks about this gift? How does this gift function and operate? How can you operate in this gift? Well, let's define what it is. Say wisdom. wisdom. You know, something that's interesting, and we're going to talk about this, but I was asking the Lord, I was really thinking about this verse today, and I said, Lord, why didn't you just put wisdom? Why is it the word of wisdom? And that's really important, and you'll see why in just a moment. It's not just the gift of wisdom. It's the gift of the word of wisdom. And so wisdom, let's break that down first. The Greek word for wisdom, and I'm going to tell you this as well. I, I really thought if you would have asked me, and, and probably the normal Christian, I had totally had these gifts misplaced. You know, if I were to see somebody operating in a gift and you were to stop and say, freeze, what did that person just do? What category did it fall into? I probably would have labeled these gifts wrong. So I hope that this really helps you guys. I think that it will. Uh, what is wisdom? This is the Greek definition of that word, wisdom used in the word of wisdom. It literally means this, a broad and full of intelligence. Do we have any of that on the, no? Okay. Broad and full of intelligence. Used of intelligence of diverse matter. So I'll give you a chance to write this down. Broad and full of intelligence. So basically it means intelligence on a broad spectrum. You have a broad spectrum of intelligence. Used of intelligence of diverse matters. So something that you're going to see that sets this gift apart is, is it basically means Wisdom in regards to everyday life. Wisdom in regards to your calling and things that you'll encounter in your calling in everyday life. So let's break it down even further. This is a gift that gives you wisdom for the everyday occurrences and issues of life. So what this means is wisdom in your business. If you're in a business, you can operate in the word of wisdom and you can receive intelligence in regards to your business. We'll break it down even more, but biblically, it's like blueprints. It's like a plan from God in the call that you're walking in, how to get from point A to point B. You're facing this problem saying, man, there's this, this mountain, this obstacle that it seems like I need to get past in order to break through to the next level. How do I get from where I'm at to that point? Well, the Lord will download a word of wisdom that gives you a blueprint how to get from point A to point B in the calling and the appointment of Jesus Christ. This is the true operation of this gift. So it's wisdom, it's intelligence in regards to your business, intelligence in regards to your ministry, it's intelligence, knowledge in regards to how to be a leader, how to handle, talk, deal with people, deal with situations. 
give you some scriptural example of that in just a moment. The word of wisdom, it's solutions to problems that come by inspiration of the Holy Ghost. Man, that's a good definition right there. Solutions to problems that come, these solutions that come by inspiration of the Holy Ghost. It's just so amazing. You know, you could be in your life and your family. Again, you're trying to get from a point A to a point B to accomplish something the Lord has set you out to accomplish. And you get stuck and you're like, what do I need to do? You can seek the Lord for wisdom and he will literally give you a formulated plan how to accomplish or, or, or get over the hurdle that you're facing. And that's by definition the word of wisdom. Amen. How to get from point A to point B in situations and in life in general. Let's look at some examples of this here. Let me rearrange some things. Example of this. Wisdom. Say wisdom. First Kings 3, 9 through 13. Who was the Bible? What? The Bible says that there was a person that they operated in this gift because this is also something that you'll see is that all the gifts of the Spirit were in operation in the Old Covenant, except tongues. I don't believe tongues was our interpretation, but all other seven gifts were in operation in the Old Covenant. Uh, but a person didn't possess all of them until Jesus. They just operated in specific ones. Well, where do we see this gift in operation really specifically in the Scripture? You see it in the life of Solomon. He received wisdom. It's the same word that's used. In fact, when Jesus spoke of the Queen of Sheba coming and receiving from the wisdom of Solomon, when Jesus quoted that, it's the same Greek word that's used in the word of wisdom. So basically, Jesus referred to, uh, or when Jesus quoted that, he pulled that Old Testament example into the new covenant and used that word and it tied it together with the word of wisdom. So Solomon was operating underneath this gift. Uh, look at 1 Kings 3, 9 through 13. It says, give me un an understanding heart so that I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong. For who by himself is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for wisdom. Say wisdom. So God replied, because you have asked for wisdom in governing my people with justice and have not asked for a long life, wealth, or the death of your enemies, I will give you what you asked for. I will give you a wise and understanding heart such as no one else has ever had or ever will have. And I... I will also give you what you did not ask for, riches and fame. No other king in all the world will be compared to you for the rest of your life. So if you look in context, how practical that this is. This isn't revelation necessarily from the word of God. This is wisdom in dealing with everyday situations that you'll encounter in your appointment from the Lord Jesus Christ. After Solomon received this wisdom in, in 1 Kings chapter 3, the very next thing that he did was, sell, uh, was uh, settle a dispute between two women. 
Two women came. They both had a child, and, and one of the children had died, and a lady went and stole that child while the other lady was sleeping and put the child in her bed, and now they both came to Solomon saying, I believe it's my child. This lady said, no, it ain't her child. It's my child. And Solomon gave the wise answer and said, I know, chop the child in half and give one, one side to each person, one half to each woman. And he, and he knew that the woman that said, okay, fine, was not the mother, but the woman that said, no, let the other lady have her because she wanted the child to live was the true woman. So that exact, that's the exact situation that played out in front of Solomon. How did he know to do that? How did he know how to handle that obstacle and handle that situation? By the word of wisdom. Amen. By this gift and operation. Praise God. So God will give you wisdom. Say wisdom. wisdom. Blueprints, instruction, direction. Look what Proverbs 3, 14 through 16 says. So I want you to think about this. Again, it's, it's intelligence in the area in which you're called to. And so when you begin to operate in this gift, you, you, you operate in a supernatural lane to where Jesus Christ has appointed you. And you know what it causes you to be? Successful in it. Amen. If you can get in your job and begin to operate in the word of wisdom that comes from the Lord, the supernatural gift of the Holy Ghost, he'll begin to give you blueprints, strategies, commands, directions. This is what you need to do. This is who you need to do it with. This is when you need to do it. This is how you need to do it. He'll give you information that's downloaded by the Holy Ghost, how to deal with the day-to-day -day occurrences supernaturally, never missing it. Praise God. And then what will that cause you to do? That'll cause you to prosper and thrive in the appointment. In the place that you've been appointed by Jesus Christ. Well, why do I say that? Proverbs 3, 14 through 16. Wisdom is more profitable than silver. Her wages are better than gold. Wisdom, say wisdom. It's the same word that's used in this gift. Wisdom is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Why is that? Because she offers you long life in her right hand and riches in honor in her left. That was what was so amazing was that the Lord was telling Solomon the same thing. You could have asked for riches. You could have asked for victory over your enemies. You could have asked for long life, but instead you asked for wisdom. And that was the wisest thing you could have done. Why? Because if you get wisdom, she'll produce riches for you. If you get wisdom, it'll produce a long life for you. If you get wisdom, it'll actually give you the blueprints to have victory over your enemies. Praise God. Hallelujah. So you obtain wisdom, you obtain divine strategies that pertain to your specific appointment. Thus, what's the, what's the result? You prosper. Say prosper. prosper. Word of wisdom leads to prosperity. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anybody that flows in this gift, you're going to prosper in life. Here's a fact about this gift. You say, well, I don't have this gift. Well, the Bible says... You can ask God for this gift and believe, and he will give it to you. Where do we get this from? Look at James 1, 5 through 7. If you need wisdom, say wisdom. Same exact Greek word used in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Same thing. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and what will he do? He will give it to you. Praise God. 
<laughs> he won't rebuke you for asking. Lord, I know what you've called me to do, but I don't want to do random stuff. I want you to tell me what you want me to do, how you want me to do it, where you want me to do it. I need the word of wisdom. I need that manifestation. Guess what? God will give it to you. But here's a few stipulations. It says, But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver. Basically what that means is ask in faith. That's right. Don't give up. Have a confession. I believe, therefore, what did Jesus say? Mark eleven twenty four. You can ask me for anything. And if you believe that you've received it, you shall have it. That means that I don't. Ask God and close one eye and, oh, okay, well, a day went by and I didn't see it. I guess God didn't give it to me. I guess I got to go back tomorrow and ask again. No, I believe I received the thing that I asked for. I asked God once in faith and then I thank him that he's given it to me. You can ask God for that gift tonight and then don't ask him again just every day. Thank him. Thank you, Lord, for the word of wisdom. Thank you for that gift and that manifestation of the Holy Ghost in my life. Praise you, Jesus. And actually... This is the thing is that you can't separate one gift from another. So if wisdom, if it's the same Greek word that's used here for wisdom, and it's the same word that's used in one of the nine gifts of the Spirit, that means that the same way you can ask God for this gift, you can ask God for all gifts. Wow, so how, how, if I want the gift of faith. I want the working of miracles. I want to see that gift. How do I, how do I obtain that gift? I ask God, and I ask him in faith, and I don't waver. Look what it says. For a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as the wave of the sea is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. That means if you don't ask in faith, you shouldn't expect to receive. Which actually, I mean, asking in faith, that's what asking in faith is. It's expecting to receive the thing that I, I believe it. It's done. I asked Jesus. I, I asked using the name of Jesus. I came to the Father. I used his name. Therefore, I believe I received what I asked. Hallelujah. So, but here also are some stipulations as well. So not only did he say you have to ask in faith and you cannot doubt. You can't be blown and tossed away. Well, one day I want it. One day I don't. One day I'm in faith. One day I'm in unbelief. You shouldn't expect to even receive anything from the Lord. You must ask in faith. And then also number two, you must ask from the right motive. You think about Solomon. He did not ask for riches. He didn't ask for victory over his enemies. He didn't ask for long life. He asked genuinely from a, a humble heart because he wanted to govern God's people correctly. He loved the people. He loved God. And that was the motive in which he asked the Lord for wisdom for that gift. In fact, this is what the Bible actually teaches. In 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. Actually, you know, look, look, look at 1 Corinthians 14.1. Put that on the board first. Let love be your highest goal. But you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives. Especially the ability to prophesy. So that means that your desire for that gift should come secondary to your love for the people. Your love for the Lord. 
You know, and in fact, if you read Romans chapter 12, it's all about the gifts. You got the nine gifts of the Spirit, Paul's listing, and then he ends by saying, let me show you a way that's superior to all of this. And he goes in to talk about love. So what's his whole point in saying this? If you want the gifts, you can covet the gifts, the Bible says, desire the best gifts. You can ask for gifts in faith and the Lord will give it to you. He won't rebuke you for asking, but your heart has to be postured in love. Why do I want this gift? Why do I want the gift of healing? Do I want the gift of healing so I can book meetings and get famous and make money and have this whole little thing going on? Or do I have, is my heart broken for people that are being in, uh, held bondage by the devil? Is my heart broken for the lost? Amen. I want the gift of prophecy, but why do you want the gift of prophecy? Just so you can stand at a platform and be, inspire people and, and be the woman, be the man, be the person of the hour. Is that why you want the gift or do you genuinely have a heart for the people? No, there's people that are lost. There's people that need the word of the Lord. And Lord, I love you and I want to be your servant. What's the position of your heart? Because if your heart's not rooted in love, you won't receive what you ask for. If you want a gift for self-gain, you'll never get it. You must ask in faith with pure motives. Amen. And the Lord determines your heart. He knows if your motives are pure. He knows what you would do if you got the thing that you asked for. Praise you, Jesus. So... In fact, this will kind of top it off as well. 1 Corinthians 12, 7, it says, A spiritual gift is given to each of us. Why? So that we can help each other. That's the reason the gifts are given. If there's anything in your heart, that a motive other than that to help other people, then you'll never receive the gift that you're petitioning the Lord for. Okay, so... 1 Corinthians 12, 4. Let's talk about this wisdom. Say wisdom. wisdom. This wisdom. So the Bible says there are different kinds of spiritual gifts. Say gifts. But the Spirit is the source of them all. And then he goes on to say to one, he gives the word of wisdom. So one of the gifts is the word of wisdom. So again, let's break down what is gift. If you remember from Sunday... That word gift in the Greek, it means this, favor, ability, divine grace, apart from merit. What does that mean? God gives you something that you didn't earn. God gives you something that you didn't acquire through time, through being a good servant, through good works and actions. He gives it to you apart from your own merit. Well, that's important in understanding this, this word. So think about that. This this gift, God gives me this gift of wisdom. You know, that's the thing about it is, is it's not life experience. It's not that you've lived on the earth for 50 years and you went through the school of hard knocks and you learned how to do certain things and how to not do certain things. That's not the gift. The gift is apart from your merit. That means that it's not, it's, you don't receive this wisdom because of what you did and because of the time that you spent. You received it by supernatural download of the Holy Ghost. That means that you received something that you could have never have learned. That's beyond your lifetime. 
Some of you young people, you can receive a gift where people will literally say, you're operating in things that are way beyond your age, what you should be. Well, how? How are you doing that? It's supernaturally by the Holy Spirit. It's not through time and skill. and It's unmerited. That is the definition of gift. Now, let's get to the word. I told you that it was interesting to me that God didn't just say wisdom. He said the word of wisdom. Say word. That word, word, it means logos. It's the Greek word logos. The word logos, it literally means the word of God. So when you even break it down, it's, it's when God speaks. When God speaks, it's the rhema, but after God speaks, that rhema becomes the logos. So it's the word that was spoken. So basically the whole point is why is it called the word of wisdom? Let me ask you this, who is the source of the gifts? The Holy Ghost. This is wisdom that you receive when, when the source speaks, the Holy Ghost speaks. Let me just tie it all together before you get confused. This is when the Holy Ghost speaks wisdom to you in regards to a certain situation and issue in life to bring you the victory and to get you from point A to point B and to handle diverse matters. What is this gift and operation? It's when the Holy Ghost speaks to you. Say, speaks to me. That means you don't have to go through the school of hard knocks. You can operate in a gift where you encounter a situation you've never encountered before. And there's a gift where the Holy Ghost will speak wisdom to you in regards to that situation, that issue in life, in order to bring you victory and get you from point A to point B and to handle the diverse matters that you face. Praise God. That's a great gift. I'll give you some examples of how I've seen this in my life. You know, I've really seen the Lord operate in this gift in my life. Uh, and again, I give all glory to the Lord because at the end of the day, it's not been me at all. It's, been the, it's just been the Holy Ghost. Only thing I've done is just do what he said to do. But some examples of this. The Holy Spirit told me to invite Jonathan Shuttlesworth to this church. Many of you maybe have heard this story before. Well, what did I do? I got on his webpage. I put in an application. Back in 2020, we had evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth come and do a week of meetings here. And I, I called and I said, I want him to come and preach. And I got the secretary and she told me, that's great. Submit an application. You know, there's probably about 100 other churches submitting applications as well for him to come and minister. Well, the Lord told me to have him come preach. That was one of the things that he directly told me. When I asked him, how do you want me to start this church, Lord? What do you want me to do? He told me, after prayer and fasting, have him come preach. And so I go and I said, Lord, I'm going to be on this wait list. Now what am I supposed to do? Well, then the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And this is what he said. Gather as many people as you possibly can and go to Houston this Friday night where he'll be having a meeting in Houston. Get as many people as you can and go to that meeting Friday night. Well, I obeyed the Lord. We got about 20 people together. We went to this meeting on Friday night. He, he's preaching about halfway through the service. He looks and sees our row, and he just stops the whole service, and he's like, where are you guys from? We are Huntington, Texas. All of you guys, get up here. He lines us up and spends about 20 to 30 minutes just prophesying and praying over us individually. Stops the whole meeting. 
After the service, we go up and begin to talk. And I introduced myself, told him who I was, told him that the Lord had told me to invite him to the church. And he stops right there and says, you know what? Call my office Monday morning. Tell them that I want to come. I called his office Monday morning. He had already called, told them the whole story. And then they sent me dates like the next day. Just bypass this whole process. Bypass this whole application process and the hundreds of other people that they don't know. How did I know that? I mean, what was that? That was the word of wisdom and operation. A blueprint how to get from point A to point B to accomplish the task that the Lord has assigned to you. That was supernatural strategy and wisdom from the Lord. You know, you look around at these brand new cameras. Or on this brand new camera, these lights. Uh, again, Brother David King that just came. I had never even heard him preach. And he came and did a, a, a meetings with us. But I had been connected with this other fellow, and I had saw that he was traveling with David. And, I, you know, I had never been to their meetings, but I remember I was in Dallas at a Kenneth W. Hagan meeting. Kenneth E. Hagan's son. He was preaching. I was there in worship, just worshiping the Lord and praying. And, and immediately the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, invite David King to your church. I was like, David King? I don't even know him. The Lord told me to do it. Well, I did it, and, the, and, and he came, and he ended up sewing a several hundred-dollar camera, sewing these lights, bringing major improvements to what we do and how we're able to live stream to people and reach more people. Well, the Lord knew that. The Lord knew that. You know, we would have never have known what lights to get or what camera, and the Lord had someone sew it to us. Well, how? He gave us a blueprint, a strategy by the word of wisdom. Amen. <laughs> I'm going to give you a couple more examples. About a year ago, I just felt quickened. I had never invested in my entire life. And, and all of a sudden, I got this unction to start looking into investments. And I came across this cryptocurrency that was called XRP. And it was selling for about $500 a share. And the Lord told me, I want you to invest in this cryptocurrency. I had no idea why. I just said, okay, Lord, I did. I'll do it. I invested in it. I got some of my other family to invest in it, a couple other people. And within two months, it jumped from $500 to almost $3,000 a share. You know, how do you know to do that? Word of wisdom from the Holy Ghost. Come on. Amen. A blueprint, a strategy. It's something supernatural that you could have, you know, you don't have to go to school and marketing class and all of these things to learn these things. It's just a supernatural download from the Holy Ghost. Praise God. I could just tell you story and story and story of how the word of wisdom has, has been in operation in our lives and, and what it's produced. But let's continue in the revelation gifts. Number two, the word of knowledge. A lot of people have really not understood what is the wisdom, what is this word of wisdom, word of knowledge. They kind of interchange them, but they're two completely different things. This word knowledge, say knowledge. knowledge. The, Greek, the Greek word for knowledge, it means a deeper, more perfect, and enlarged knowledge of this religion being Christianity, such as belongs to the more advanced. A deeper, more perfect, and enlarged knowledge of this religion or of Christianity, such as belongs to the more advanced. Uh, the word of wisdom 
pertains, again, to the issues of normal day life, the word of knowledge pertains to revelation concerning the word of God. God put that definition back up. I think there were still some people writing. Knowledge, Greek, a deeper, more perfect, and enlarged knowledge of this religion, being Christianity, such as belongs to the more advanced. So give you an example of this. This word, when you look at it used in scripture, it could actually be synonymous with the word revelation. The word of knowledge could be used synonymous with the word or interchanged, if, if you know, like synonymous, what does that mean? Interchanged with the word revelation. So 1 Corinthians 14, 6, I'll give you an example of this. Dear brothers and sisters, if I should come to you speaking in an unknown language, how would that help you? But if I bring a revelation, say revelation, or some special knowledge, that's the word that's used in the word of knowledge, a revelation or knowledge or prophecy or teaching, that will be helpful. So this word of knowledge is in the category of revelation, of prophecy, of teaching. Amen. So you, you see... <laughs> It's, it's supernatural revelation of the word of God. And I'm going to break it down even further. But the main thing that separates the word of wisdom is the word of wisdom helps you buy XRP. The word of knowledge gives you revelation in regards to the word of God. It's the spiritual things, the extracting things that come from the Holy Ghost, from the word of God. Amen. Amen. So again, the word of wisdom helps you deal with the issues of incurrences of everyday life that you'll encounter in your appointment from Jesus Christ and then the word of knowledge is a gift that brings you revelation from the word of God I'll help you understand it a little a little bit more so remember now this is a gift I want you to say gift so the gift, the main thing you have to understand about the gift is that it's unearned it's unmerited so what does that mean? That this, this deeper, more perfect, enlarged knowledge, it's not something that just happens because you've studied the Bible for 60 years. It's something that's downloaded to you supernaturally. Man, how is it that you just get saved and in three months you're like, you're like functioning in revelation of people that have been Christians for 15 years? How have you been able to do that? The word of knowledge. Knowledge and revelation that's coming to you supernaturally by the Holy Ghost. That's beyond your merit, beyond the time that you've put in. Amen. Hallelujah. That's why these gifts are so important. And, and we'll talk about this when I break down some facts about the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit at a, in a later message. But you see why Jesus told the disciples to wait in Jerusalem until they received the promise and were baptized in the Holy Ghost. Because when they were baptized in the Holy Ghost, they received all the gifts. They received the Spirit without measure, just like Jesus Christ. So now all of a sudden, these guys that have been in training for three years, now all of a sudden they're able to preach like 60-year veterans. How? Word of knowledge. You're, and you're operating way beyond what is naturally should, what it should be. Well, those are the supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so, the Holy Ghost speaks to us apart from our own merit. Say the word. 
Again, that word, it's the logos. It's when God speaks. So this, this basically comes by the Holy Spirit bringing you revelation, speaking to your spirit, revelation. Give you two examples of this, scriptural examples. Number one, Paul. Paul said in Galatians 1, 11 through 12, Dear brothers and sisters, I want you to understand that the gospel message that I preach is not based on mere human reasoning. I received my message from no human source and no one taught me. What does that mean? What he knew, it wasn't by his own effort or by his own merit. It was a gift, a grace. He says... I received my message from no human source, no human taught me. Instead, I received it by direct revelation, say revelation, from Jesus Christ. That is the operation of this gift. No human taught Paul these things. He received it from, it says revelation from Jesus Christ. But again... You have to understand Jesus. This was post-resurrection. I mean, Jesus, Paul could have had a vision, but anyways, it all ties back into the operation of the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost is the advocate that took Jesus' place in the new covenant. Jesus said, I go and I'm going to send one who will not speak on his own. He'll only speak the things that I tell him to speak. He'll only say the things that he first heard. Uh, heard me say. Well, Jesus said that of himself in regards to the Father. He said, I only say what the Father says. I don't speak on my own authority. And he painted this picture that the Father had sent Jesus, and Jesus was the conduit of the Father on the earth, and Jesus was going to ascend and send the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit would be the conduit of Jesus on the earth. Praise God. And so whenever you get a revelation from Jesus Christ, it comes through the conduit of the Holy Ghost because he is in the place of Christ on this earth right now. Yes. So I, I just wanted to help clear that up because you could have read the revelation from Jesus Christ and then, oh, you know, had a fit that it didn't fit into what I was saying. But it does. So Paul received his message supernaturally. Number two, I'll give you a, a natural example. Many of you may know have heard the name Kenneth Hagin. Anybody know Kenneth Hagin? On his deathbed as a child, he said, I don't know. On his deathbed as a young man, as a teenager, he received by this word of knowledge, this revelation from the Holy Ghost, how to be healed by faith. No one was teaching healing by faith at that time. In fact, while he was sick, all the pastors that came and visited him basically just prayed and said, Lord, take him and, you know, let... Let him go with ease, Lord. Let him go in his sleep, and you don't have a whole lot more time. Just basically speaking death over him, and he's sitting here freaking out as a 16-year-old kid, like, you know, thinking they're going to come in and do something, and they're basically just like, Shh, close your eyes, you know, <laughs> drift into heaven, and and then the Holy Spirit began to speak to him, and he began to show him the example of the woman with the issue of blood, and how it says Jesus said, "Your faith has healed you." And then he saw in 1 Corinthians 13 that these three things shall remain forever, shall never cease, faith, hope, and love. Say faith. faith. And so they had taught that the gifts of the Spirit had ceased. That's still a doctrine that the Baptist church teaches. It's called cessationism. But then the Lord showed him and said, look, was that woman healed by Jesus' gift or was that woman healed by faith? Well, the Bible says she was healed by faith. 
Well, faith will never cease. So if she was healed by faith then, and faith still exists today, then you can be healed by faith. And he guess what? He was healed by faith. Got off of that deathbed. How? Word of knowledge from the Holy Ghost. Praise God. I know me personally, I told you this Sunday, but in Isaiah 6, 8, the Lord had this encounter where God was calling for a prophet to the nations. Isaiah said in Isaiah 6, 8, here I am, Lord, send me. I had that exact same encounter before I had ever even read the book of Isaiah. And in fact, when I had an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ, I told you that I saw a lie. I couldn't see his face, but it was a blinding light as he began to approach me. Well, before I had ever had any revelation really of the scripture, this is what the Bible says in 1 Timothy 6, 16. He alone, this is speaking of Jesus, can never die. And he lives in light so brilliant that no human can approach him. No human eye has ever seen him nor ever will. All honor and power to him forever. Told you that as he began to approach me, I literally felt like I was being ripped apart. Why? Because the light is so glorious, so pure, so intense, you cannot approach him in your, in your flesh. Well, I didn't know any of that stuff, but yet I had that encounter. How did I get that revelation and that encounter? Well, it was a gift, unmerited. It came through the word of knowledge. Amen. Let's go to the final gift tonight that we're going to discuss. Man, you guys might be getting out of here early. Number three, the third gift, and this is under the revelation gifts or the gifts of inspiration. This is the discerning of spirits. I want you to say the discerning Discerning. of spirits. One moment, please. So let's break this gift down, the discerning of spirits. That word discerning, say discerning. discerning. That word, is, it's very self-explanatory. It's pretty much exactly what it looks like, discerning. In the Greek, it means distinguishing, judging, to perceive, to recognize. So basically, to discern something is to be able to make a distinction, to judge it, to perceive, or... To recognize something. Now say spirit. Spirit. So the discerning of what? Of spirits. What are you able to make a distinction of? Or what are you able to judge? What are you able to perceive? What are you able to recognize? Spirits. What does spirit mean? That Greek word is the word pneuma. It's the word pneuma. And it means a spirit. At first it means Holy Spirit. But there's other definitions underneath this term. The third part. The third head of the Godhead, the third portion of a man. If you don't know this, the Bible says that, you know, you're not just flesh, that there's three parts to your being. There's your flesh, say my flesh, but there's also your soul. What's your soul? It's your mind, will, and emotions. And then there's your spirit, your inner man. So every person is three parts. This word spirit, it's pneuma. It means this third part. Um, you can identify what's in a person. It also means this, that word pneuma means personality and character. Why would it mean personality and character? Well, ultimately, it's because your spirit is going to, whatever spirit you're operating under will influence your personality and character. 
So think of this, this discerning, you can make, you can distinguish, judge, perceive, and recognize a person's personality and character. It means a, a spirit's work, power, and influence. You can distinguish, judge, perceive, and recognize the power and the influence over a person. Power by which a human being feels, thinks, and decides. What does that mean? You can distinguish, judge, perceive, and recognize what a person is feeling, what a person is thinking, and what a person is on the fence of deciding. The disposition or influence that fills and governs the soul of a person. Basically, again, you can recognize, make distinction, judge, perceive what is governing the soul of a person. So again, say gift. So this is a gift. What does the gift mean? It's unmerited. So let's put this in proper context. That means that you can recognize and identify and and accurately judge a person having spending no time with them. I've never met you. I've spent zero time with you, but I can tell you what's, what's governing you, what's influencing you. I can tell you what you're thinking. I can tell you what's, what's influencing the way that you act and why you're saying what you're saying. How? By a supernatural gift of the Holy Ghost called the discerning of spirits. Man, that's crazy. That's amazing. I'll give you some examples of this. In Matthew 16, 23-23, this was Peter. It says, but Peter took him, being Jesus, aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Heaven forbid, Lord, Jesus was talking about going to the cross. Peter said, heaven forbid, Lord, this will never happen to you. You can't die. You can't be nailed to a cross. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap for me. And you are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. So I want you to think about this. Peter was coming to Jesus in the form of a concerned friend. He cared about him. He loved him. He walked with him, lived with him for three years. And now Jesus is talking about being handed over and crucified and killed. And Peter's saying, Lord, you're the Messiah. That can't happen to you. He wasn't trying to be deceitful. It was in the form of a concerned friend. But Jesus was operating in this gift and was able to identify what looked like the form of a concerned friend. The source of it was actually Satan. What was Satan trying to do to Jesus? I don't know. Maybe Satan was trying to sow a seed inside of Jesus. Maybe you don't have to die. Maybe you don't have to go to the cross. You know, you are the Messiah. You are the Son of God. Maybe there's another way. Jesus, no, there was not another way. There was only one way in which this thing had to happen in order for it to be accomplished and also in order for the Word of God to be fulfilled. And so he identified the voice of a concerned friend as, get behind me, Satan. Satan was the influence behind what was being said. Amen. And I've told you guys this. You cannot just judge a person by based off of what they say. Amen. Amen. A concerned friend. You know, I want you, I want you to think about that.
Think about this example, uh, Luke 5, 21 through 22. The scribes and Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But then Jesus perceived their thoughts. And he answered and said to them, Why are you reasoning in your hearts? It says he perceived their thoughts. One of the definitions of the word discern is the word perceive. He was able to perceive what a person was thinking. How? By the discerning of spirits. Look at this example, Acts 16, 16 through 18. One day as we were going down, this was Paul, to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. She earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the most high God and they have come to tell you how to be saved. Let me ask you a question, was that false? Was Paul and the other apostles, were they servants of God that were there to tell the people how to be saved? Yes, they were. She wasn't speaking lies. This went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And instantly it left her. Here's my whole point. This gift allows you to look past what a person is saying at the surface level and accurately judge the thoughts and intents of their heart. Accurately judge what's influencing this person. Man, they could, I just love you. I'm your best friend. And it could be somebody that the devil's sent into your life to try to kill, steal, and destroy you. I know that a lot of Christians think that, that, that we live in this fantasy world where stuff like that doesn't happen. Well, it does happen. It does happen. Amen. Amen. Tell y'all something. My wife operates in this gift like to the extreme. <laughs> this is like her number one gift. I, I, I promise you. I wrote this down. It's true. But I said, I'm telling you that if you have a rat and you're, you don't have a heart to deal with it before the Lord, she will see it. <laughs> There's been people, and I, like my wife, she, you don't want you to think, oh, she's like a judgmental person, nothing like that. But there has been people that we've met, and I'm just like, you know, I'm like a pastor. Yeah, I'm just like a pastor. Oh, I just, I just see the best. I love you. Man, you're awesome. I'm all for it. And that's how I always am, too. It's like I, I will always trust a person, and I'll always love a person no matter what, but I'll trust you until you give me a reason not to trust you anymore. I mean, that's just the way that it is. I'll automatically give you my full trust and believe you until you give me a reason not to. But she's met people that I'm like, man, I thought that was a pretty good, you know, encounter there. And she's like, nope, something's not right. And I'm like, what? And I've rebuked her. I've got, man, you need to stop acting like that, babe. You need to get saved. What's wrong with you? You need to have the love and compassion of Jesus Christ. And she just sits there and, okay, and about a year will go by. And I promise you, it comes out that she was right. Everything that she said day one without ever knowing this person, knowing the situation at all, she'll give me like five things that she discerned in the spirit. And it's like boom, 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 boom. And I'm just like, you know, after that happened, not once but twice and then three times and four times, I've learned that when my wife is like, there's a rat, I just, okay, honey, I believe you. <laughs> Amen. Amen. 
Praise you, Jesus. I know for me, you know, in the past, I've seen this gift operating a few times where, which I'll obviously say this too, if somebody's manifesting a demon, it doesn't take the gift of discerning of spirits <laughs> to discern, kind of gauge what's happening. You know, they're foaming at the mouth, rolling around on the ground. It's, I discern by the gift of the spirit that there's a demon in this person. <laughs> But, I, you know, there's been times for me that I've been able to judge. It's like there's been people that have joined the church, and it seems like they're happy. They have a smile on their face every time you talk to them. They're just like no red flags, nothing at all. And then one day, it's like I'll be out praying. I'll be out doing something, and I'll just know by the Spirit, that person's about to leave the church. That person's offended. But then, like, I've talked to this person a hundred times. They've never acted like they were offended. They've never acted hurt. They've, they've seemed fine. But it's like it, I just knew immediately. And I've even told my wife, like, times that I've discerned this. And it may not happen the next day, but a week, two weeks, a month goes by. And the next thing you know, everything that, that the Lord showed, it just happened exactly like he dropped it in into our spirit. Well, what is that? That's the discerning of spirits. You're able to discern. And again, it's a gift. It's not through sitting down and you counsel somebody and you get a, a sheet full of information and now I can make a proper assessment. It's instant revelation. Say revelation. So all of this comes like revelation. What, these are the revelation gifts. What this means, revelation is, is what Peter was operating in. When Jesus said, who do they say that I am? And he said, some say Elijah, some say one of the prophets, some say John the Baptist, but who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you're the Messiah, you're the Christ. Peter had this light bulb moment where he just knew who Jesus was. He could see it. I know who you are, and he, he got it. That's how these gifts work. You just, you encounter somebody, you encounter a situation, and it's just like this revelation. The Holy Ghost shows you the spirit, the thought, the intent behind that person or situation amen you know there's been times that i'll be going out through my day and i'll have this overwhelming urgency just to start praying for people certain individuals actually honestly as your pastor many of you many of you i'll be going through my day and it's just like the lord will just show me this person they're battling right now. There's a spirit that is trying to come against them to discourage them, to derail them, to make them depart from the faith, to make them quit and give up. And it's like I just know, and I'll just begin to go and intercede and pray and pray for the Lord to strengthen you and, and, and pray over your life. That's, a, that's, a, that's the discerning of spirits. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. This help anybody tonight? Praise God. If everybody will, stand to your feet. Brother Tanner, will you come up and close the service out? Thank you so much for tuning in with me as I shared the Word of God. If you would like to become more than just a casual listener and want to give to our ministry, you can do so in the following ways. For credit or debit, go to www.nbchuntington.org donate. For PayPal, you can send it to NBC Huntington. For Cash App, use dollar sign capital NBCHTX20. Thank you so much. I pray God blesses you abundantly. Until next time, this is John Wallace.